0: Listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Simone Malas with Restore Retreat. Yes, that's right. Jack bear from EDF is not with me today. We are flying solo, but that's okay. I can do this by myself. I can do it without my I promise. I have a great guest on in Chris Cook from our friends over at Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. Um, and so we're just going to get right into it with him. Chris Cook is the director of the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's New Canal Lighthouse Education Center, where he oversees the organization's educational programming as well as operations of the building and grounds. Chris came to LPBF from a history background and holds a master's in history and previously worked in interpretive programming for the Historic New Orleans Collection. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You didn't
0: know I was signing you up for co-host for the (laughs) day, right? (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. I'll try my best. (laughs) Well, we are glad to have you. We have lots of friends over at Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation and Chrissy and Theron, John, lots of other folks. So we're glad to have you. But before we start... Have to ask where you're from.
1: Here originally. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I,
1: I, I grew up around here, and then you know, this comes up a lot well, where'd you go to school? And say, <laughs> well, I, I moved to Texas in the eighth grade. Uh, but moved around a little bit, came back. I guess it's seven years ago now. Uh, so I've been back for a while and, and loving it,
0: wishing i moved back sooner. So were you always, a, uh, was little Chris always a history guy? Or what What did you, what was life like growing yeah, up in no, Louisiana until the eighth grade? Right? I mean,
1: I, I think that growing up in the New Orleans area kind of predisposes you to be interested in history. Uh, it's something that, um, it's just more of, of, of everyday life in the present. It comes up all the time. And you know what? Um, where I currently am at the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation, I'm really thrilled to be there. And it's really gratifying because um, as a kid, I learned about uh, environmental issues through the Save Our Lake campaign and learning not just that there were issues with the environment, but also that we could do things to correct them,
0: right? Had an um, example right there in your had backyard, an example right, right there. Right?
1: And, it, and it's great to come back and, and be part of that as, as an adult who, who can contribute now.
0: So you did study history. Uh, we also, when we talk about coastal issues, we kind of like to talk about the path people took to yeah. get there. And it's not always science, or it's not always what you think it is. But you, you took that path in school, right?
1: No, so yeah, so I, I, I went through history the whole way. Always, even if I was studying somewhere else, I always, always wound up researching new orleans and south louisiana again i couldn't help it and you know where i currently am, am I'm working, um, <laughs> uh, mostly on uh, you know environmental education but it it fits because in south louisiana the environment the history the culture they're all one thing They're all one thing and they inform each other. So,
0: so when you came back to Louisiana, did you start at the historical Orleans? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us about kind of how you got back. I'm a call it home because we can't (laughs) even call your time in Texas home. We'll call it
1: home. No. Yeah. I'm happy to be back. Um, and, uh, what it was just, it was just time to come back and, and I'm excited to be, um, be in a position where I can be involved in, in these big conversations
0: (laughs) Well, I am glad that the history and the challenges that Coastal Louisiana faces didn't Mm -hmm. scare you, right? (laughs) Um, And I mentioned, I know we know Christy and John and Theron over there, but let's talk about your role over at the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation Tell us all about it. We've talked about it a little bit yeah. when we've had Christy back on the show, but tell us all about this whole other aspect of, of some of the things that y'all do at Lake Train Basin Foundation.
1: Well, the Lake Train Basin Foundation does a lot. It, it does. does a lot. Does. And so to, to make it simple, if I have to explain it to somebody really quickly, uh, to say basically it's made up of three departments, which is... a Big overgeneralization. <laughs> I hope I'm not offending no, <laughs> the no. people I it's, work it's with, fair. <laughs> but uh, you know, basically, we have like we have our water quality department and the programs that go into that, the ongoing monitoring, tracking down of problems um, that we need to do to make sure that our estuary stays healthy. We've got our coastal department, which is working on the front lines of the coastal erosion crisis and trying to solve that. Um, and then I'm going to lump together a couple more things that's my area, which is education. So we are fortunate then we have have a permanent physical address that's also a really cool building because it's a historic lighthouse uh, right there on the lakefront. So we're open seven days a week. We can do...
0: Wait, seven days a week? Seven days a week. We're open to
1: the public. So the general public can drop in, which is a nice, nice resource. We can do... I don't know of anywhere else that's that's quite like us where... um, we do environmental education. We're also in a historic building. We're also open to the general public seven days a week, and we do a brisk business and field trip. So it's something that's really special to be a part of.
0: And you you have docents, right? I'm fascinated by this. By, yes. by
1: becoming a docent? No, um,
0: I, I think I'm <laughs> definitely underqualified. But uh, the fact well, that you basically
1: have volunteers. We do. And, and before you say that you're underqualified, like we we are often looking for docents. It's a fun job. And... Um, you don't have to be an environmental scientist to explain to people um, what our issues are. You just have to be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the great things about our, our core docents is that they come to us from a variety of experiences. Um, some of them are retired. Some of them are still working. Some of them used to be educators. Some of them used to be lawyers. They all bring their own perspective. And the thing that unites them is that they're really interested in sharing their passion for um, our environment right here in the local area.
0: So tell us some of the things that if we went to the lighthouse one of those seven days a week, what what might we see there or what might we hear about? Um, well, we have
1: well, we have a few things we can talk about. So just the fact that it's an 1890 lighthouse. We have a whole other segment yeah. so we can, we can <laughs> cross
0: over too if we need so, to. <laughs> so some people
1: come just because they're really into lighthouses mm-hmm. and we can cater to that and we have a lot of cool stuff. Is stories. that a thing? Yeah, yeah, there's a thing. We, 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 um, there are people, it's like, like bird watchers. You oh, want to see yeah, how yeah, all the yeah. birds, there are lighthouse people who need to see all Shock the lighthouses used to be a, still yeah. is a big
0: bird guy. So yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course we had to talk about birds without him here. So yeah. he'll love that. <laughs> yeah. And if
1: there's any lighthouse fans that are, that are listening, you can get not one, but two lighthouse stamps in your passport. Oh. Book at the lighthouse, um, But so we can do, we can do historical lessons about the lighthouse itself, about the history of commerce. You know, new Orleans mm-hmm. is where it is because the lake is a shortcut into the city. It's a port with two entrances. So we can talk about that. Um, um, and we can go, we can, uh, introduce ideas about our environment and we can bring those right up to the present and the work that's going on to arrest and reverse the erosion crisis
0: that we're dealing with. So I'm fascinated by the lighthouse now. Now you got me. So <laughs> is it at its original location? It, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's, did suffer some damage through Katrina, right? And y'all refurbished it yeah. like, with whatever, renovated it. Right? So it's
1: in its original location and mm-hmm. there's been a lighthouse on that site since 1838, Um, But it's 17 feet higher than it was originally meant to be. And we're actually doing a series, um, a panel series in in collaboration with the Preservation Resource Center. Uh We had uh the first one at the PRC last month. Uh, um, The next one's going to be at the Lighthouse on May 15th.
0: May 15th? That's
1: coming up. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. the series is uh, Historic Preservation in the Face of Climate Change. And it was inspired by the Lighthouse, which is a historic building. And it retains much of of it excuse me, much of its historic character, but now it's 17 feet in the air,
0: um,
1: which is interesting.
0: That is interesting. That <laughs> tells a story on its yeah. own, right? So I love that idea about kind of um, having that partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that something y'all are looking to do more of? Or, like, I love that idea of things could come to you guys, yeah. you know, that would be well, kind of changing it up a little it's bit. It's just
1: something that, I that, yeah, we are interested in doing, you know, There are, um, so many communities of people who, who care about so many different things and they overlap, they overlap quite a bit. So I I guess my strategy is to think of all those Venn diagrams Mm -hmm. of people who are interested in the (laughs) environment, people who are interested in in history or historic preservation and finding those overlaps and, um. You know, finding community partners through that,
0: and it's kind of one of those things that you can go to the the lighthouse more than once, right? That's you want people to come visit. Yes, please do.
1: Yeah, actually, we're we're working on rolling out more and more things that'll make it, that'll keep it interesting for repeat visitors. Like, um, we are we are working on right now. It's not ready yet, but we're working on. We're building a uh, laboratory. This
0: is breaking news. Yeah, we're working on a laboratory
1: (laughs) in our in our what was our gift shop space. Um, and the idea is we want. general public and also kids on field trips to be able to partake in experiments that look Mm -hmm. a lot like the work that our coastal scientists do. And it's going to be a really pretty countertop because we're, we've built it out of, uh, Historic lumber from the original 1890
0: lighthouse. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah. Um, we do have a whole nother segment to go when we talk about some of your events coming up very quickly. Where can folks find out more information about Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation?
1: SaveOurLake.org.
0: Okay. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back after the break with Chris Cook from Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast, community, and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. You're listening to Delta Dispatches, where we're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, jobs, and why restoring it matters. We're here every Thursday on 990 WGSO and online through our podcast. Uh, Check out Restore the Mississippi River Delta or ROAR's Facebook page for more details. Welcome back to the show, Chris.
1: Thanks again for having
0: me. Is this everything you dreamed it would be? Yeah, this is Co-hosting <laughs> the show? Maybe I don't need Shock back. You talk about birds. The only thing we have to talk about, Jacques and I talk about food a lot. And so uh, once we cover that, then... Um...
1: We can do food now, too.
0: <laughs> so we do like to ask a fun question of our guests. It helps us to get to know them a little bit better. And you're from here. We've already established that. You had a you had a brief interlude somewhere else and you came back <laughs> home. <laughs> but we are in the middle of Jazz Fest and, and kind of festival seasons right so we love to ask this of our guests and especially about food but like when if you go to a jazz fest what's the first food or drink that you go to
1: oh i don't know um (laughs) that's a tough one um well because it it, short answer is it needs to be more than one (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) All of it. Yeah.
1: And it's still crawfish season. So there's going to be some of that. I don't know if it's going to be the crawfish bread or the crawfish Monica, but one of those for sure.
0: Yeah. So um, you think of it in like food categories. Yeah, exactly. So, I guess one so. Must, <laughs> Yeah, and have to, fruit, I have to hit my too. A fruit, points which too. is like a daiquiri, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm going to be
1: standing all in the sun all day, I need to get something hearty. So that,
0: that's how I feel, right? Yeah. That like sometimes when you go out there, it's so hot that it's like the last thing I want you is to like a You don't
1: want to not eat because you're sweaty. Sack or something. Yeah.
0: Yes. So that's when you drink the beer, I guess. <laughs> that's when you get your wheat component, I guess, there. <laughs> um, so we were talking about uh, the lighthouse and how fast it is in the education component mm-hmm. of Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's work. So tell us one more time where they might be able to find more information. If you're a teacher in a class, they could come see you. Like tell us where we yeah. can find so information like that.
1: If you get on our website, it's saveourlake.org. Um, if you're a teacher, you can get right to our education program um and figure out what our offerings are we go out to schools we can also come have people come to the lighthouse and not just the lighthouse we have an urban marsh project at the mouth of the bayou st john um and it's really great to get kids out there so they can see close up some things that we're talking about more big picture back at the lighthouse
0: and when do you think your lab will be ready soon soon close soon. Close, next, close.
1: Next two weeks, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Wow. I want to, I want a uh, sneak preview to that. Yeah. Y'all have another event coming up too. We do. Called Storm Sweep. Right. And this is, y'all have done this a couple of times and they do this other places, right? But this is the biggest regional event.
1: So Storm Sweep is a is a new thing that we're starting this year. Okay, And it's got the sweep in it because we do these um, other litter pickups throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We have one in the spring called Spring Sweep, one in September called Beach Sweep. Um, and the idea is for it to be a basin-wide, so North Shore, you know, all over the whole region to get people out there and pick up litter because there's, there's just always a lot of litter to pick up. Um, but um, with this one coming on May 11th, the goal is actually to get the region ready for the coming rains of summer and hurricane season. So we have Can a focus. You believe it's all, I know I mean, it's already that's, May. That's the kind of speaking great, of it's already Jazz it's Fest.
0: Already May. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah,
0: right. Speaking of
1: Jazz <laughs> <laughs> um, So. While the other sweeps, uh, people enjoy getting out actually on the lakefront and Mm -hmm. cleaning up, we're Mm -hmm. actually asking people to um, stay in their own neighborhoods, um, to focus on the catch basins in their neighborhoods, because this is going to be two birds with one stone. Um, If you keep the litter out of the catch basins, you keep it out of the system that eventually discharges into the lake. Yeah, because that's where it it. ends
0: up. That's where it ends up. So we've
1: caught it before it gets into the lake. And also, if we keep it out of the catch basins, the catch basins will have greater efficiency and they'll actually work. For us, when we need them to, when we get those big summer downpours.
0: So, how how is it organized? If um I, I have to have a team, or I can be an individual, and like I join my neighborhood group. Yeah, or- you can
1: you can register as a team or as an individual. You can you can do it through uh, an organization like a neighborhood or. Research- Association or the Scouts or whatever it may be. Um, or you can just sign up as an individual or you and a friend. Um, you can find all the details on our website, saveourlake.org slash storm sweep.
0: And you can kind of match make me there too, right? According to like maybe where I live. And, right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be collecting information on where everybody's actually going to be working. And then the day of, we're inviting everyone who signs up out to the lighthouse at 8.30. I we're see what have, you did there. Yeah, we're going to have coffee <laughs> uh, coffee and, and treats and, and you can pick up supplies from us. Us and meet other volunteers and and um have some coffee and a snack. Um go do your work. Um it's not mandatory you come to the lighthouse first. It's just right. Just the check-in. Yeah. Um and um and then after doing your work, we're asking people to come back to the lighthouse. We're gonna have a hurricane readiness fair oh. where we have a variety of community partners. So we have nonprofits, uh government agencies. Back at the lighthouse. Back at the lighthouse, mm-hmm. we're gonna have uh NOLA Ready, uh, Cleanup NOLA, Vacuteer, um Susan Water Board is contributing. Um, Jefferson Parish government is going to be there to promote their um, their version of the um, Adopt-a-Catch Basin, which mm-hmm. is called Brooms to Basins. Ah. Um, so it's going to be um, a, lot of, a lot of organizations with similar missions, um, and you're going to be able to learn from all of them in, in one stop.
0: So, okay, so back to the cleanup part. Is there? Are you asking folks to catalog anything, or do any kind of work, or just get your hands dirty?
1: Yeah, we're working with, uh, and you can learn more about this on our registration form. But we're using a system that um, it can, it'll collect as as much information as you're willing to put into mm-hmm. it. Um, and sometimes it's really helpful to identify problems to have that rich. Um, information to rely on,
0: yeah, I agree, because um, you know, uh, I know we have some friends back in by fouche and they do big mm-hmm. cleanup, and they learn a lot about what they clean up and how much, right? You think, oh man, that you do this cleanup, huge cleanup every year mm-hmm. eventually you run out of stuff and that is not true yeah <laughs> there is always there's always to there's clean
1: up, always stuff to clean up and and um one of the great things about particularly this event we're working with so many governmental agencies mm-hmm. um some of those agencies and some of those governments like i know that there's going to be a volunteer team from jefferson parish government mm-hmm. and in the past when they've volunteered at other um sweeps they've used their on-the-ground experience in picking up litter to identify problems where you know when they go back to work at parish government, they can, they, put it, they can get yeah. that information to the people who can actually put something in place to, to prevent it from happening in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think that it's just the right time of year, right? It's still cool enough to go <laughs> to be outside. Yeah. It's not and sweating it, to death June 1st. So and that's it, that's smart of you guys.
1: And it's the only weekend without a festival.
0: Oh,
2: look
0: <laughs> at that. I love you guys. Y'all are very smart over there at Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. So you said that I can go online and register or find out more information maybe about how to register teams, right, right to find more information. Yeah,
1: and, and you're welcome to join as an individual or or we, if you want to put together a team, that's even better. Even better.
0: Um, So that is saveourlake.org.
1: Slash storm sweep. Slash, One word.
0: Uh, slash storm sweep. And then you also said about the May 15th event, like you're not busy enough, you just keep going. <laughs> what happens here? So, uh, are you taking all of June off? Or are you just worried?
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, so on May, uh, May 15th, we have uh, historic preservation in the face of climate change. And that's going to
0: be a long-standing um,
1: it's three sessions so we had okay. the first one at the PRC mm-hmm. the second one's going to be at the lighthouse and the third one location to be determined so you can check either our <laughs> secret, website or the secret. Preservation Resource Center's website you'll have to come back uh, you'll have to come back but there's a, there's kind of a general theme to them um, the first session was called document and the idea was that we're not going to be able to save all of the places mm-hmm. that, that we'd like to um, so how do we how do we document them to remember them uh, the next one that's going to be at the lighthouse would which makes sense because I'm hoping to do it actually under the lighthouse to make the point is adapt. So how do we adapt historic structures to make sure they'll be able to, to stay with us? Um, and the next one is going to be, um, uh, persist so it's things that we can do to actively mitigate some of the issues that are causing us to adapt
0: the buildings in the first place i love that word persist Mm -hmm. keep on keeping on kind of thing right well chris it's been so great to have you welcome back home uh you're you're an exciting addition to lake pontchartrain basin foundation remind folks one more time where they can find more information
1: saveourlake.org
0: Great. I hope you have a very great weekend. I'd love to come out. I want want to see that lab when y'all are ready to go. Yeah, come see the
1: lab and then anytime, you know, if it's a hot day it's always cooler at the lakefront. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I'm also going to try to sneak in some uh, dosing information to find out if I am I'm I know I'm underqualified for that. No, you'd be surprised. I think you'd be surprised how <laughs> underqualified I am. Well, Chris, thank you for coming on to the show and being my co-host for half of it. Uh, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. When we come back from the break, we have one of our other favorite guests, Rebecca Trish, from Louisiana Wildlife Federation. We'll be right back. On the ASPN Network, coastal news for the pelagic-minded. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Samoma Laws with Restore or Retreat. I am without my co-host, Jacques Bear of EDF today, but I will do him proud because right now we're going to talk about the coastal stat of the week. Last week, the state of Louisiana announced the receipt of 75.8 million dollars in oil and gas revenue sharing from federal offshore waters. The 19 coastal zone parishes will receive 18.9 million, bringing Louisiana's total to 94.7 million dollars. Louisiana's coastal share is almost $12 million greater this year than the amount last year. And the Louisiana voters passed by a constitutional amendment to dedicate all of that oil and gas offshore revenue to Louisiana's coastal program. So that was welcome news. So right now, and welcome back. I'd like to welcome to the show, welcome back uh, Rebecca Trish from Louisiana Wildlife Federation.
2: Rebecca, you've been on the show before. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Simone. I'm excited to talk about some of the work that we've been doing.
0: Yeah, you've been been a busy little bee so i'm very happy to have you you had a big time event
2: last weekend yes on saturday we held a banquet that celebrated the conservation um award winner so we have uh conservationists of the year for 2018 and we recognized uh seven individuals and organizations and i'm looking at the list and three of those were um had a lot to do with coastal protection or restoration just general advocacy for issues in the coastal zone so that's that's always um exciting to see that you know people are working on it It gives me um hope for the future um so i'd like to talk about some of the work that they're doing but all of the seven were doing have done fabulous things
0: yeah we could probably talk about each one for a whole show right but we'd love to hear i'd love to hear your perspective on on some of your award winners
2: Sure. So, volunteer of the year in 2018 was Cheryl Segrera and he's been uh, a coastal advocate in the southwest side of Louisiana. So he I know some
0: Segreras
2: <laughs> Yeah, out of Vermilion Parish, and so he's been very active on their coastal planning uh, committee, and he helped, uh, you know, contribute to the to the last master plan, and he's contributed several several annual plans, including last year working on what's going through for 2019 uh, for approval. He did some, some coastal planning. He even helped with, uh, excuse me, coastal plantings, so wetland restoration plantings last year. And he also um, did some giant salvinia um, uh, abatement. And he, he works on outreach, goes to schools and, and festivals and talks about coastal restoration, and particularly for that Side of the Atchafalaya Basin. And so, uh, so that was exciting. He's been doing that for a long time, and it's good to see that even in 2018, he's still keeping it up and doing fantastic things. We also recognize uh, the Corporate uh, Conservationists of the Year with Citgo uh, Petroleum Corporation, and they have this great program, Caring for Our Coast. And it's partnered with some of our colleague um, organizations, that I know you know, Simone, like the Nature Conservancy and Restore Our Earth, doing plantings, engaging Volunteers um, paying for um, restoration effort that you know volunteers and citizens can um, integrate and, and work with, and that's sprinkled throughout the coast, so it's several locations that they've been focused on. And, it, you know, it's a lot of good habitat restoration for migratory um, birds and other wildlife. Uh, Senator Blade Morris was recognized for um, Conservationist of the Year. I like, love that guy. Yeah, like <laughs> an official. And last year in particular, he, he worked on, 2011, on a study about the Sabine uh, River, um, Sabine Lake Reef, and it's a very important oyster reef. It's the um, largest and uh, it's pristine,
0: natural, right? Right. Yeah, that's the word reef. they use.
2: Yeah. Yes, it's been unharvested, and so it's just the uh, the largest um, uh, representative of a natural reef in I think this hemisphere. And so, um, in 2011, there was a study, and then last year he also. Um, Uh, introduced legislation to put protection on that reef from harvest. Texas already had that on their portion of the reef. So this was matching what Texas did. And it just allows for the protections for shoreline and and water quality um, and uh, just maintains it for for, – research you know it's a source and so that was very exciting and he's done a lot of work on master plan you know him a lot of your listeners probably do so um so that was great that the judges uh selected him to be recognized for that we had um so wait
0: Rebecca just a sec so people nominate these folks right and and so uh you know that's that's you know, the nominations in honor in itself, right? And then these folks win. So just wanted to highlight the process a little bit. You do an open call for nominations.
2: Yes, the nominations come from the public, and the judges are selected as, you know, top in... Uh, Nonprofit organizations that do the work, agency leadership. Yeah,
0: people um, familiar with the issue, or yeah, yeah,
2: past winners who have also been recognized. So it's a pretty rigorous process in terms of getting signif- recognizing significant achievement, and it's and it's for each year. So it's an annual program. Um, in the New Orleans area, Audubon Nature Institute Youth Volunteer Corps was recognized for youth. Youth Conservationist of the Year, and they worked with so many youth in different projects from invasive species to wetland plantings um, and other educational um, opportunities for them to learn and work with, you know, zoo animals and master naturalists. It's a really good um, youth program that they have, and so they were recognized. And then, excuse me, we had an educator from... from Central Louisiana, Chris Pierce, and he's done phenomenal work, work working with youth. You know, bringing them to marsh maneuvers and um, down to Rockefeller. You know, we need that. We need yeah, absolutely
0: in North Louisiana
2: and, and youth. It to understand. starts there, right? Yeah, yeah. And he also does a lot of um, hunter education and outdoor recreation safety and ethics. And he's MC of you know kids fishing rodeos. I mean, he's just a really good asset to the community from his job and much more. And then we had Baton Rouge uh, Zoo Frog Watch program was recognized. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, frogs are a good indicator for the health of a system. So this is citizen science with a lot of training so that people, the work that they're doing to uh, an observation and collecting data can be funneled to, uh, you know, a collective that's not just Louisiana-focused but also feeding into a national look at what's happening in our habitat. And I think that's really important because we've got a Changing Habitat, here for sure that we know of um, so and then the final the Governor's Award was given to Catherine Gibbon and she is a phenomenal volunteer with so many organizations um, Louisiana Hiking Club, Baton Rouge Master Naturalist, this Baton Rouge Zoo Frog Watch program um, she does a lot of educational um, demonstrations, leading all sorts of um, um, training sessions I know I'm missing some of it but it just makes you uh glad to see someone who's so involved who has a passion as a volunteer because she has a different type of uh you know profession yeah. but as a volunteer you know almost every weekend reaching out for,
0: right going above you. and beyond right yeah. this isn't her everyday job she does it because right. she's passionate about it
2: yeah and for years and so she really up there you know increased it last year which is amazing so it was good to hear that and, and so it's an inspirational evening and then we also gave awards to the Youth Hunters of the Year.
0: Very nice. Well, so you do that every year, but um, over at Louisiana Wildlife Federation, you do a lot, a lot of other work, and we want to get get to that in the in the next segment. Um, but you also have you also have a fun auction, and you have good sponsors for the event and all that kind of stuff. Where could people find out more information about those awards? Oh, also, they're beautiful awards, by the way, too. So tell folks before we um, we're up against the break. Why don't you let folks know where they might be able to find more information out about of the award ceremony that just happened.
2: Yeah, so we're on Facebook, uh, Louisiana Wildlife Federation, and our website is lawildlifefed.org. So that's lawildlifefed, which is short for federation.org.
0: Well, Rebecca, if you don't mind sticking with us through one more segment, we want to talk about y'all do so many other great things. We got to get to that, too. So if you don't mind sticking with us, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, where we're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife and jobs and why restoring it matters.
1: From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded.
0: Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat flying solo today, but I am so lucky to have two great partners with me today, and my co-host for the second half of the show is Rebecca Trish. Rebecca, you didn't know that. But <laughs> oh,
2: well, I'm excited to join you today and be with you on, the, on talking about the coast. You always have really, really great stuff to talk about. I'm
0: actually very surprised I caught you today because I thought you might be in Baton Rouge in the halls of the Capitol.
2: Yes. And policy advocacy is one of the things that I think Louisiana Wildlife Federation does very well. We have so many knowledgeable volunteers around issues and we have a CAMO coalition and that focuses on engaging uh, sportsmen and women on coastal restoration. I just wanted to point out coming from your fact today that the uh, Coastal Trust Fund is one of the few um, receiving funds for surplus dollars in the state budget so that's one of the things that we look for and talk with you know colleagues and other people are interested that you know it's eligible and certainly talking about the need.
0: Yeah that's an excellent point you know we've we've uh, received surplus dollars for Coastal before but there might be legislators that didn't even know that um, but it does make for a perfect one-time only um, source, right? And the trust fund and the fact that, hey, if you have a couple of um, hundred million dollars or so, I could build you a project for that, right? So that's an, an excellent point and something that they do have to talk about during sessions. So, but you, besides just being in Baton Rouge, you have other things going on. Tell, we were talking about youth earlier um, in the last segment with you and about how important teachers are and, and things like the Youth Volunteer Corps, but you have, uh, Louisiana Wildlife Federation has a leadership corps. Tell us about that program and how that came about.
2: Yes, our Edgar Villon Conservation Leadership Corps is recruiting uh, college freshmen, sophomores, and juniors in in Louisiana uh, to apply, and they can apply on our website. And it offers an opportunity to learn about uh, policy advocacy, learn about issues, um, building a network together of like-minded young adults who are interested in um, how they can make an impact on protecting the environment and working on conservation. Conservation issues like habitat protection you know our coast is a, a huge habitat um and so they have that opportunity it's four sessions through through the year from september to april and um so we bring them together right now we are accepting 15 students and so it's four sessions in the year with opportunities Their their field trips are going to the capitol are going to a commission meeting and ah. seeing how seeing how what we're talking about they can terms, come with me rebecca (laughs) Yes, I know. It would be good for them to learn to see because they're fascinated, actually, in your job and my job. They tell us that all the time. I want to do what you're doing because it seems like you're able to talk about what you're interested in, what you're knowledgeable about, what you have a passion for, and to make a difference. And so we're showing them the ropes and and being a mentor, and they're excited about mentoring each other and continuing that on. So it's a great opportunity to talk to uh, thought leaders from agencies. From we had lobbyists, we had agency heads, we had um, other nonprofit leaders, and so they get a sense of all the opportunities. And this is not just for students in biology. We need all young people who are interested in conservation, whether they end up being an attorney, where they end up working for local government, whether they're in a business, and just say, "Hey, I would like uh, our focus for you know our corporate giving and volunteering to be on this issue, and and being able to feel confident about how to advocate for that." So any. Anywhere you find yourself in your career and in your life, this is an opportunity for those people to feel more effective. And just demystifying, going to the Capitol or going to make a...
0: It's intimidating, right? I mean, to show up at a place like that and not know what's going on.
2: And to make public comments, you know, how to prepare your comments, how to be thoughtful, taking, you know, your ideas and justifying your position and then offering a solution and researching that. So it's helping craft those kinds of positions and ideas and meeting with, you know, people who are further in their careers and tell, you know, ways they can interact. I think it's an exciting program. The feedback we got from our first group that just is ending this year was very positive. So I hope that listeners, uh, you know, who are either in college or have no people in college or have children in college, if they're interested in joining the second group of Conservation Leadership Corps members, we'd love to see an application. And the deadline is uh, May 31st, and that can be found on our website, which is lawildlifefed.org.
0: I love, love the idea. My little girl says that um, my job is to talk on the (laughs) phones. So I appreciate that. That it is that some days, right? That's when the, she doesn't come into the radio station. But I love, love that idea. And, and we talked about it with our first guest that it's not always the career path you think. Um, it's not always just about science or just about one thing. But, you know, our first guest had a history degree, right? I have a public relations degree. And so it, it all um, it takes all kinds, especially in coastal. It's not just engineers or scientists that um, it takes a lot. Of hands on deck to get the work done, so I certainly love the idea. So that that you just completed your first year, right? And it's named after one of um, one of your um, uh, volunteers, right, Edgar.
2: Yes, Edgar Villan was a longtime member of uh, Louisiana Wally Federation. He was a past president. He helped found uh, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. He was a founder of Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana. He was very active. Lots of our friends (laughs) in the '80s, yeah, helping form up the you know Department of Environmental Quality Agency. And so, um, so you know, we thought it would be nice to honor him with this program, and he would have been excited to see this. He, he he was. Urging us, um, you know, up until you know he passed away, that we needed to reach out to youth and we need to find a way that we capitalized on what we best do, which I think is forward-looking and, and investing in the future, but being very active today. So I think it's a good combination, and I'm, I know he'd be excited about it.
0: So tell us the deadline again to apply.
2: Yeah, it's May 31st, and it's on our website. It's an easy application, um, and it's for um, entering freshman Sophomore and juniors in college in Louisiana. So that's statewide. It's not just a Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Shreveport. It's, you know, if you're in college and you want to add this perspective about policy to what you're learning and about the environment to what you're learning, business major, whatever you are, you can apply.
0: I love it. I love it. So lawildlifefed.org, correct? Yes. And you'll find out more about the CAMO Coalition, the Leadership Corps. You can find out about the Conservation Awards, right, and and some of the upcoming events and things that y'all do.
2: Yes. So we have reports on that. We also have our position. So we have our own resolution process because we are made up of individual members and uh, affiliate organizations. So once a year we come together, and we'll be doing that in August, and we go over our position as an organization. What a good idea. Yes, yeah, so you can see our past position. Some of it takes it, a wh- it takes a while for it to, to to come to conclusion. You know, it's something we're working on. Often, I find I'm talking about something today, and I go looking to see if we have a position, and we had a position five years ago. <laughs> and it's just the time is now. Yeah, it was, you know, it's finally worked its way to um, action, and so. Uh, So there's a lot about our position, what we're doing. You know, we're following the Catahoula Lake um, Mm -hmm, case, mm -hmm. and, you know, we we put out information about coastal, and, you know, we follow different issues on hunting and fishing because that is our our origins, and a lot of our members do that. But our members are just outdoor uh, enthusiasts, and some of them, you know, hunt, fish, paddle, bird watch, camp. They do all of it, and some of them do aspects, but we're all together, one, about, you know, conserving our resources and being wise about using them and protecting them for the future.
0: Well, Rebecca, we're so glad to have you on the show to talk about the really, really great work that y'all do over at the Louisiana Wildlife Federation. You'll have to come back on the show be well, my co-host. Thank you, Simone. And we're
2: a fan of Restore Retreat. are uh, doing some great stuff, too. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Uh, Rebecca, you'll have to come back and join us. Uh, before we go, we wanted, uh, before we leave you here at Delta Dispatches, we wanted to talk about some upcoming events we wanted to make sure that you knew about. Uh, the Upper Barataria Basin Flood Risk Management Feasibility Study is having a public meeting in the St. Charles Parish Emergency Operations Centers on Thursday, May 2nd, starting at 6 p.m. They have the Hurricane Ready. Fair that Chris talked about earlier, CPRA has its monthly board meeting uh, at the center for um, at the center for Coastal and Delta Solutions, where the Water Institute is, on Wednesday, May 15th. We also have uh, what Chris talked about earlier, the historic preservation in the face of climate change, which will be at the New Canal Lighthouse on Wednesday, May 15th. And then also we will have the South Central Coast Flood Risk Reduction Feasibility Study public meeting at the morgan city auditorium on may 15th and last but not least the coalition to restore coastal louisiana will have their Stewardships award banquet on friday may 17th you're listening to delta dispatches thank you for joining us again this week we'll talk to you soon